That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion How are you doing this week, Matthias? I'm doing great. I'm full of energy. You look like it. Full of pep and verve. I think so. And uh, I don't know. Tenacity. Tena- gumption. Whatever else. Mm, whatever other gusto. words. Pesto. <laughs> well, my little anecdote for this week is uh, I went out with the wife and we saw Jake Shimabukuro at a local venue, the uh, ukulele player, famous ukulele player from uh, Hawaii. Uh, but just a cool little anecdote here. We mean she always wants to get merch. I'm back waiting in the car, but she went to the merch table. She's there a while. I don't know what she's sure. going to get. Oh, she, you you it, left like 20 minutes left in the performance. You're like, I'm going to go hey, bring the car around, hey, have an idling. Hey, hey. Well, on the topic of merch, I, I always wonder, oh, is it just going to be some CD that's going to sit in the car we never really mm-hmm. play or engage with? Is it going to be some T-shirt that just gets lost in her closet? You know, you want to support the artists, and the way to do that is to buy you know, something physical from them, but there's varying degrees of mm. usability uh, when it comes to that. But she got, I thought it was really cool, she got uh, his patented uh, coffee. She got a big thing of ground coffee, like oh. a special Hawaiian Kona blend. I'm like, all right. Is this giving you ideas for food-based merch for this podcast? We don't have any merch. This is actually the first no. time we're talking about this. What is our, what would our merch be yeah, maybe it should be something food-related while we're on the subject. Mm. So just to put that on your radar. Well, neither of us really knows how to cook. Oh, speak for yourself, sir. I just made a ground turkey potato curry. Uh, I mean, I granted, I make the same like 25 things over and over, but Do I make plenty of stuff. Do you want to sell Ziploc bags full of ground turkey? Mm. What do you think about that? Yeah, we get some peas in there, some Roma tomato. We'll, uh, I'll make a survey monkey. Okay, that's a really good idea. We'll see what, the yeah, what kind says. of what brand of ground turkey should we send to people in Ziploc bags? Mm, okay, well, we're gonna move on to introducing the show. Uh, this is, of course, losing my opinion. Uh, the podcast where we come in and surprise each other ah, with oh. uh, yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> we the other person doesn't know what to expect. Uh, just that they're coming in with uh, an argument to make, a thesis they have, or sometimes probing questions Ugh. and some songs they want to share. And I am creatively restless, broke indie pop musician Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas. I am creatively bankrupt indie musician Tin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo. I, had, I have a thought to start this week's episode. So you remember that worst songs of all time list you came back with most annoying songs. Most annoying songs, right. Which is like kind of close to worse songs, right? I mean, there's some commonalities yeah. there. I was thinking, I'm going to compliment you here. So I want you to like really just like sit rigid and accept this. Uh, that was great because like, what do we do? Like Animal or like Moves Like Jagger or whatever. I mean, those songs are interchangeable, but like that, Hey Soul Sister, like you brought in some songs that are like pretty brutal, you know? And ubiquitous, that was a big part of U- it. Ubiquitous, escape these songs. <laughs> ubiquitously brutal or brutally ubiquitous. You know, really either works there. I want to revisit this conversation, though, because... Oh, no. Yeah, yeah oh, no is right. But I, I think this... Is that what your segment is this week? Uh, it's a very specific way 
back into that conversation, oh, but it is no. not a modern discussion, I don't think, that we're having. So to get to this, when I was growing up, there was a writer I really loved, this humorist. His name's Dave Barry. You ever heard of him? I know the name. I think I would see some of his uh, publications yeah. at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, satirist. Yeah. Uh, wisecracker guy. Yeah, he's a real wiseacre. From back in the day. Really funny guy. Wrote a column for the Miami Herald for a very long time. He had a TV show, I think called Dave's World, for a little while that was based on his life. And it's written nonfiction, fiction. Just really, like, made my family and I laugh for years. Pretty wholesome for the most part, but not any less hilarious for that. Kind of like an Uncle John's bathroom reader vibe, maybe? More highbrow than that. Okay. Um, I guess somewhere between that and David Sedaris. Oh, now that, that's my guy. Oh, yeah, I love David Sedaris. But I, I, I've, yeah. I feel strongly about Dave Barry as well. Uh, my mom was into him. I just have like a lot of fond memories of like exchanging books with family members of his. But anyway, he wrote this book called Dave Barry's Book of Bad Songs. I uh, saw it on my shelf the other day, and I thought, I wonder if this still resonates with me. Uh, fast answer, yes, most definitely. It's hilarious. But uh, interestingly enough, he did a bad song survey with his readers at the time, like the worst songs of all time. This was in, I think, 1997. And I wanted to check it out here today with uh, a batch of songs that got the highest number of votes. Some of them I have not heard before, or, I, or maybe I have, I just, I don't recognize them from the title. Um, some caveats about this survey. So his readership, certainly in that moment, besides my 10-year-old self, was in the boomer realm. So like, we're really looking right. at today songs from the boomer generation that boomers themselves have raged towards. I was going to ask, yeah, like when he wrote this, what his uh, generation was and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's that group, but it's, and it's like, it, it, it is very this much... Is from the 80s or something? It, well, it's, it's targeted... This, this book came out in 97. It, it's targeted, though, towards that like late, mid to late 60s through like mid-70s kind of range. Like That's where most of our songs sit. So it's a very specific take on what the, mo mm. what the worst songs are. Um, and I want to see, for the two of us to check these songs out, see if they really do deserve that categorization... And I, and I think it's going to be interesting because I, the few that I know, um, I have kind of mixed feelings about. Uh, and I want to see if we can, like, you know, get inside the mindset here. Because one thing I want to keep in mind before we listen to them is you brought up Ubiquitous yourself, right? So for some of these, we are somewhat impervious to their more dangerous elements because we were not forced to listen to them on the Delhi radio. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like... Yeah. We might be protected. We're not really getting exposed to them in the 2020s. Right, maybe if you heard, you know, Animal or Moves Like Jagger or Hey Soul Sister just like once or twice, you wouldn't be as um, violently upset <laughs> after the fact. Yeah, yeah. So some of these I vaguely recognize. I think you will too. Some of them I really don't. I want to just get into this because th there's a bunch of these and uh, <laughs> there's definitely, I, I want to see what, how we feel about some of these. First one, up top, we both know it. Uh, the number one song. This is voted number one, MacArthur Park. Yeah, you were uh, humming this before the record today. I was humming it. And I think that that is a bad sign, that I was humming it because, um, well, let's listen to it. Let's get into it. But we, we, we both know yeah. it. A lot of people won't know what MacArthur Park is necessarily, too. Right. Until they hear it, and then maybe, maybe they'll, they'll ring a few bells. Yeah. 
Uh, this is a song. Are you doing Dumbledore's version? <laughs> yeah, that's the version. Uh, written by great songwriter Jimmy Webb, who does have songs that are not as divisive. Uh, oh, Wichita yeah, lineman. I mean, Jimmy Webb is a fucking yeah, legend. No, he's yeah. the man. But this is sung by actor Richard Harris, kind of inexplicably. Uh, not sure what that's about, but <laughs> Richard, Richard Harris played Dumbledore. Did play in the first Dumbledore movies. later yeah. on in life. Father of uh, Lane Price from Mad Men. Rich, uh, uh, oh God, Jared Harris. Yeah. So this is a long song. We're not going to listen to all, I think seven and a half minutes of it, which is just insanity. Ooh. Um, their, their argument here, like in the book was the readers said it's a long, pretentiously incomprehensible song. Like the lyrics are just like bad shit. Uh, it was also super popular at the time it was released in 68. So I think some of that ubiquitousness that we were talking about is definitely uh, playing a role here. But like, I want to see what our listeners think and, and just, you know, get our take now in the moment, how we feel about this tune. Are my headphones broken? Oh, okay. Spring was never waiting for us, girl. It ran one step ahead as we followed in. Nice and understated, you know? Not a lot going on. Real sparse. Ooh, do not care for that part. That's tight. That's tight. MacArthur's Park is melting into the dark. All the sweet green icing flowing down. Someone left the cake out in the rain. I don't think that I can take it. Cause it took so long to bake it. And I'll never have that recipe again. Uh, the lyrics. Okay, I think, yeah, then there's that. Okay, I think we got a feel for this. I don't, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a real WTF song. I mean, uh, the lyrics are the main, like, what is going on, Offender? That's the best. Because that 60 schmaltz. That blah, 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 you get that in a yeah, lot of a lot. 60s yeah. radio hits, yeah. Uh, those lyrics are, you know, the way that he sings it is like the way Whitney Houston sings I Will Always Love You, but he's singing about a, a cake it's very tender. being left in the rain, which is uh, very confusing. Nothing ties together to the next line. What was going on? Was that his like first experimentation with psychedelics? And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> I am the walrus. MacArthur right. Park, you know? He was just trying to ride that wave. The the changes, like the not the changes you're talking about, like those interstitial changes that are like if Brian Wilson like f- you know fell down a flight of stairs, but like the ones in the actual verse, those changes are not bad, I think. They're not bad changes. Oh, there's a solid song in here. It's still Jimmy Webb. Right. Like there you could definitely uh, strip this for parts. <laughs> right. There's definitely no reason it needs to be seven and a half minutes long. Like, that's the tough... Why? We don't know what the rest of those minutes well, are. Well, so I did listen... How does this song develop? It, like, it, where it, does it go? It, okay, so 
I did. I was curious. I was like, I have to listen to the whole thing. Uh, just for my own integrity, I can't come on here and not have listened to the whole thing. Damn straight. A day in the life is shorter than this. <laughs> it's less <laughs> going on. Uh, like it, it, it has that iteration of the changes. And then there's like another iteration where it's like a slower version of that. Just like a different style of that oh. arrangement, but same changes. And then it goes into this like uh, 60s game show vibe where it's you know, like oh, almost no. like a like Bond theme <laughs> kind of music. <laughs> it's a bit like that, yeah. Um, it gets even more ostentatious, um, if you can imagine that. But like, so here's the thing. I don't have really an issue with this song. I mean, it's crazy, but I, I enjoy it uh, because it's so off the wall lyrically, because it's so overwrought. Um, it, it sticks out. It definitely sticks out. You remember it. Boomers, though. Had to listen to this like a million times. Um, but I'll, I'll argue, kind of putting our list up against this one. Have you listened to Animal by Burn 5 a million times or Moves Like Jagger or Hey Soul Sister? Like there is a whole another no level to the, there are levels to this game, as they say in MMA. <laughs> there are levels to this thing. This song is also divisive. Like there's a whole other contingent of that generation. Like if you look at the YouTube comments, people are like, I found myself through this song. Like they consider it a masterpiece of lost love. I don't know. I don't know what they're is hearing. Is it about something? Is it about that? Apparently it's about a, a breakup that Jimmy Webb went through and it's a true story. Like he met his love in the park and like it, it kind of all fell to pieces in that moment. So Okay. He just got a little carried away with the metaphors maybe. He got stuck in the recipe and cake making. Yeah. Speaking of food, I guess before we move on, definitive thoughts on that. Do you feel it belongs in, in any worst of list? Lyrically, I think that's the, the fatal point. <laughs> like that, that goes up in an all-time top 10, like misguided, stupid lyrics list. Okay. Like forget anything Sting ever wrote in The Police. Like that is just such a, why are you singing these goofy words with such like syrupy sincerity what the fuck like that that's that just doesn't work okay um i agree with that but i think the thing that keeps it out of that like bottom of the barrel realm for me is the um the changes i feel like the changes are, are yeah quite nice music still has something going on yeah 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 there's something interesting that's happening but um okay next tune also food related well, somewhat, I guess. It's not really food that they're talking about. But uh, this came in second place. Uh, yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh-huh. By uh, Ohio <laughs> Express. Uh, definitely know this uh, one. This is, I think, the definition of bubblegum pop. I mean, it's like... Yes. This may have even instigated it. started it. the movement, right. didn't it? Yeah. yeah, this is like the George Washington of bubblegum pop. Uh. All these songs have been referenced on The Simpsons at some point, haven't they? Like, sure. I think my first exposure to Yummy, 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 I Got Love in My Tummy was the the candy episode, one of them. Yeah, you know, that's true. I feel like we have heard a lot of these on The Simpsons. It's been a long time since I heard this song. I am aware of it, you know, full transparency. The next two songs I have not heard, but um, this one I know. Ohio Express also sounds like one of those Fred Armisen and Bill Hader f- fake <laughs> bands. Cincinnati Breeze. <laughs> right. Yeah. I only know the 
just that yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy. Like that's all I know. Somehow I feel like I've heard that a million times, but like I don't. Oh yeah, what's the verse? I don't think I've. Yeah, I don't know anything else about the song. So. I mean, I'm assuming that's the chorus, right? Never have that recipe again. No, no. Yeah, I was listening to that. It was just like this is like the way someone sings the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> yeah, he's going for it. Mind-boggling. All right, yummy, yummy, yummy. Oh, it's the verse. Oh wow. This is the chorus. Kind of like that. Yeah, part. I don't. I don't dislike that chorus. I know what they're talking about, though. The vocals are pretty fucking annoying. So he just sticks with that metaphor. That's good. All right. I feel like yeah. We know that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a bit grating. It's infectiously catchy. Yes. Like that's, you hear that once, that is burned in your brain. So I can understand for that reason alone why it would yeah. be in this uh, Dave Barry list. And the vocal is just like, uh, I don't even know how to, yummy, des- yummy, I don't know how to describe what he's doing there. It's like nasal, but like there's like grit on it. Uh, but again, I'm hearing instrumentation and there are like, you know, changes in the song. Good chorus. I think, and this is, you're going to hate me for this. Uh, I think the introduction of synthesizers takes annoying pop music to like a whole different level because there's like a deathly precision and ability yeah, to just mechanically uh, repeat and drill stuff into your brain. It's like this on steroids. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. No, I totally, I'm there with you. Yeah. Like the eighties is where like the bottom fell out with the, I mean, there's a lot of great music in the eighties. We've talked about it in the past, but like the bottom fell out on just like how crappy mm and cheap sounding like unimaginative like uh leslie produced pop could be you know with the advent of synthesizers drum machines like just the assembly line mentality just get this done as fast as possible Mm -hmm. make it consumable as a product take out the feel of like it's still essentially like a bunch of young musicians playing together in a room take all that out just shove it out there yeah i'm so yeah synthesizers i love them i own them uh, they're very easy to abuse and use irresponsibly. Synthesizer so. abuse. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to be real with you. I've never heard this next song. <laughs> All right. I don't think I've actually heard any songs by the artist who performs this next song. It's a song called, brace yourself, You're Having My Baby uh, by Paul Anka. I, I like Paul Anka. I don't care for that title, though. No, that title's giving me some hesitation, frankly. <laughs> Sounds like a threat. 
this is, I feel like, going to be pretty schmaltzy and also maybe problematic lyrics, but I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Oh, Paul Anka wrote this one, too. This came in third on that list. Sounds like early 70s to me. You're having my baby What a lovely way of saying how much you love me You're having my baby Having my baby. That flute needs to chill. I can see it in your eyes. I'm happy in knowing that you're having my baby. Well, you had a baby over there, Daddy. How's this strike you? I not relate to this song. Oh, what would Jesus. Emily have said if you played this for, you know, eight months in? Uh, laughed at me? Deservedly? The need inside you. Jesus. Yeah, not one of Anka's stronger <laughs> efforts. Jeez. I'm a woman in And he recruited this this poor woman to sing on this song with him. Didn't have to keep it. Man, he's forgiven it as all though. Alright. I think we got enough of those lyrics. Uh, first thing I'll say, dude is really making the birth of his child about himself uh, in this song. What a lovely way to show what you think about me. It's like, damn, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was rough. I think that was worse than the other Oh, that's a thousand times worse than me. (laughs) There's not even a comparison. I mean, that one is, that still belongs on the list because that, okay, here's my argument about that song. That's a type of schmaltz that you cannot (laughs) achieve with synthesizers. Like that is a, a, a... a schmaltz from a bygone era that's like peak achievement mm. of you know how how cheesy that's old school elevator yeah. music yeah that that belongs on any on any list that's brutal jesus um okay i have another two i want to get to so let's let's move on yeah and let's that, do it that last one is like i I'm feel like it's still really that, cast yeah. a pall over the over the show uh again this next song I have not heard it. These last two songs I've never heard. This is a song that was voted fourth. It's called Timothy by the Buoys. B-U-O-I-S, in case you don't know how to spell Bowie. That's not a good name for a band. No. So apparently, this is a song about a mining disaster that results in cannibalism. So. Well, how about that? There's the context for that song. Uh, narrator's just talking about how him and this other guy uh, ate a dude named Timothy. And I have no idea what the song sounds like. I'm imagining it sounds like Guar or something, but I really don't know. 
I'm calling it now. I feel like this one's actually going to be really it's gonna good. It's going to rock, and yeah. it's just ahead of its time, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty gnarly. It does. This is, yeah. Uh, this is like a Scott Walker concept. I like it already. This is great so far. I don't know what the problem is. It's just fucking dumb. You don't need those strings. You don't need that orchestration on this one. This should have been hard rock. Sell soul for a piece of meat. That's all. such a disparity between the lyrical content and right. the vibe of the music. Yeah, the bass is slapping. That's a great bass line. The song has, has, a, has a nice groove to it. Alright. Um, yeah, that arrangement is over the top, but cool bass line. Whoever mixed that song maybe uh, lost a bet or something to the vocalist because it seemed like he yeah. really just did not like having those vocals present. Oh, uh, I think that song is is totally fine. I I think it's the most yeah it's it's not as bad as the other ones we've heard, but I think like you know you and I write songs, you kind of know even if you're fucking around. Like the lyrics have to be they got to go with the flow of everything else you're doing. This was like the lyrics were one song, everything else was another. Too I much think fun. it like loses the most in that. Too category. much fun yeah. for a song about cannibalism. Uh, he says. I think at one point I heard him say, Joe was looking at you, Timothy, God, what did we do? Um, that seems pretty That's heavy. Poetry. He also says, at one point I thought I heard him say, where on earth did you go? Like, I think he knows where he went, right? Like, why is he asking that? In his tum-tum. Question. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Am and I yummy right? in his tummy. Yeah. Uh, I think there's actually a joke in the book about that. So, uh, oh, he already props tied to Dave Barry. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that song belongs on the list. I could see if you had to listen. Like, it was really popular, apparently. So maybe if you had to listen to it, it's a... It was, it was janky. It was <laughs> disorienting. <laughs> but, okay. So you're kind of you're going to rank the second then behind um, Paul Anka's... No, I don't know, because th- this has all been pretty shit. I mean, MacArthur Park kind of lose... We, you know, we didn't talk about that much, but seven and a half minutes, you lose some points right there okay. for wearing out. You're welcome. Ah, oh, and Paul Anka. <laughs> I still don't think it's worst of all. The only song that for me could f- feasibly be on that list is the Paul Anka song. Like that is 
still okay. just as distasteful as the year it was uh, released. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but we have one more. Goody. So there were a couple of others that were uh, voted on uh, songs "Afternoon Delight," which we know. I like that song, non-ironically. Okay, I'm sort of ambivalent about it. Uh, "You Light Up My Life," which I think we also know. But uh, what's that one? I think it goes like "You Light Up My Life," or maybe I'm just thinking of like Will Sasso. Matt TV's sketch. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not familiar with that one, but Afternoon Delight, I mean, come on, Anchorman? Well, like I the, mean, it was given second life. Yeah. But I wanted to, let's let's leapfrog those two songs. I yes. want to check out Where a new on? song because I've, I've not heard a new song. Another song because I've not heard it. Uh, it's called Muskrat Love. You ever heard the song? Ooh, that title is familiar. Okay, it's by Captain and Tennille. Um. Uh. The only thing I know about Captain and Tennille is that Love will keep us together. The dude wore a sailor hat, and like those were the days where you could just wear a sailor's hat and call yourself Captain, and that was like enough of a gimmick. No stage presence whatsoever. (laughs) That was the social media gimmick of their time. Yeah, get things moving professionally. Um, Apparently, this is a song about uh, muskrats being in love, like straight up. It's not a metaphor for something, but I think they do anthropomorphize them. So, well. Love Will Keep Us Together is a banger of a tune. So I actually have pretty high expectations uh, for this one. Wow. From the okay. captain and Tennille. Because you know what this will probably be? It's just the lyrics are so bizarre and kind of gross that maybe the music is actually really awesome, but you're just going to get blindsided by the bizarre subject matter, you know? Hey, maybe. Maybe. Like that electric piano? Muskrat, muskrat, candlelight Doing the town and doing it right in the evening oh, yeah. This is like It's pretty pleasing oh, yeah. What is going on? Muskrat Susie, muskrat Sam Do the jitterbug out in muskrat land And they shimmy Sam is so skinny And they whirl and they twirl and they tangle Singing and jingin' a jangle Float like the heavens above Looks like muskrat love I knew it was gonna go all over the place Alright, there you go uh, it's like Ratatouille soft rock. Chewing on bacon, chewing on Musically, Sam this is the best, and lyrically, it's the worst. It's just like legitimately about mes- muskrats being in love. Why are we so horny for rodents? What happened here? Yeah, this is an uncomfortable to listen to. I'm more uncomfortable with this than the Paul Anka song by far. No, no, Paul Agnes' song is still more disgusting than this. I disagree. This is very weird, though. She sings it so sensually. It's so, so tender. Why is it so tender? Bradley, why does it have to be about... Not people. Varmints. <laughs> to be about Varmints anything getting it other on. than people. 
Uh, it doesn't have to be about an animal at all. Let alone rodents. That's terrible. It's the muskrat. Uh, that's that the death of muskrat. Oh, that's stupid. I, oh, that. Okay, that is taking this to a different world. I love this. This song belongs in the list now. After that, this song is on a different kind of list. If you get my expression. All right. Yeah, we all right, we got to cut it please. off there. Um, that's uh, crazy. That was a crazy song. <laughs> that's one of the craziest songs I've ever heard. Made me very uncomfortable. Uh, I that I I was thinking, this is not worse than the Paul Anka song in terms of just like sending a shiver down my spine, but like, why is it so tender? Mm. <laughs> What's wrong with them? That's brutal. Those two songs, the Paul Anka one and this one, I feel like they still in the pound for pound rankings, they still hold they still hold their own. Sure. Yeah. That was that was something special, what we just heard. But they're like a they're a Joe Frazier, Rocky Marciano yeah, 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 of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of, of uh, music. Like they still, you know, you put them in there today, they can still do some damage. Yeah. They pack a punch. Yeah. All right. So what do we think about this list? It's actually not bad. I, I think it- That's pretty good. Still has merit. No. Um, I think, you know, like we said with MacArthur Park, the yummy, yummy, yummy song, Timothy was crazy. I think those songs have like real WTF elements. And maybe if you had to listen to them a hundred times a week, like you'd really start to loathe them. But- uh yeah. I, I, that being said, I still feel like the modern era has some gems that could really give these a run for their money. And I feel like you uncovered a number of those songs. <sighs> but thank you, Dave Barry, for giving us that list and the, the gift that keeps on giving. I think he should do an updated version. You know, like how Rolling Stone did the 500 greatest albums and they like redid it. Is he still active? He's still writing? Yeah, he's still doing his thing. Yeah. He could do another one, yeah. It's about time. Yeah, see if anything changes even if you want to stick with the same uh, format. But anyway, enough of that. Thomas, what have you been listening to lately? Listen, my opinion. Well. Muskrat love songs? No, no, no. Oh, boy. Where do we uh, start here? Well, I don't want to beat around the bush. The topic this week is once again AI. Oh. Artificial intelligence. You might have heard of it. No. Uh, certainly everybody seems to be talking about it right now. It's it's very worrisome in a lot of ways. I kind of blew it off the last time we talked about it. I, I had a segment on AI a bunch of episodes ago. Yeah, I, I was worried I, and you were like, you don't have to be worried. You don't yeah, know. I, I have a lot of amendments to make. Um, I was really off the mark last time. Wow. So scratch all that. It's, uh, it's, it's something to worry about. Really? All across the board. Oh, yeah. You turned around this much on it? Yeah, it raises big ethical questions. I don't know if you're familiar with this concept. I talked about it last time. <laughs> uh, I got an ad on YouTube for AI therapy. That can't be good. That's, yeah. That's pretty dystopes, if you ask me. Yeah. That sounds like trouble. Uh, so, we, yeah, I, I want to do two things with this segment. The first that uh, we're going to get into here, I got to amend my uh, my previous take on AI uh, it's coming for us all, definitely in the music realm too. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna show some examples of that in a moment. Um, but also, it's like you know, people are doing lots of stuff on YouTube with AI now. They're posting like, uh, oh, if AI made like a Burger King commercial, and I start watching this shit, 
it's halfway through I turned it off. It was like the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life mm. for me. I'm a horror movie buff. Mm. I know what you're talking I've about. I've seen your yeah. the original Thai version of Shudder, The Descent, uh, Hereditary, forget all that. Halfway through when it turned into this Cronenberg-esque nightmare of like man becoming burger and burger becoming man. Uh, it was it like triggered the part of my brain that's like when you have a nightmare and there's no like rational explanation that you can like put into words of what's going on. You just like get a feeling in like the back of your hippocampus that like this is the worst thing ever. Like mm. I bet this AI video triggered that for me. So it's like where uh, scary scary stuff could be ahead. But uh, of course, this is a music podcast. This is a music podcast, and we want to talk about AI. And yeah, music. we're talking about burger meat. Unless it's uh, the burger meat of Timothy being eaten by... Oh, yes. yeah. Try to get AI to write a song like yeah. that. I bet it, it, I bet could, it could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, what, what we're doing here... So last time when I showed an example of AI and music, I went to the outdated example of Wolfram Tones. Uh, this, this is next level shit, what we're going to get into here today. I want to show you a little thing. Uh, this is just... I think one music generation model of many. I just I want to do a live demonstration. If you give me a text prompt, you know, just like a short description of a song you'd like to hear, like a sort of instrumentation style, really. Uh, it's going to generate 12 seconds of audio for us to check out. What I would like to do is uh, pull that up here now, and we're gonna we're gonna try it out together in real time. Okay. As you can see, I'm sharing it uh, on the screen with you here in the Zoom. Um, you can. Provide a short text description. Um, if you wanted to, you could give it uh, some audio input to, like, um, to, for it to draw from, to get ideas for melodies or sound styles, whatever. Um, but we're just going to go by text alone. Give it a little time to uh, generate some audio, and then we'll check it out. So my question to you, what's like uh, genre, instrumentations, you know, so something to give it? What, what do we want to conjure up here? Uh, well, what are we going for? Like, are we trying to suss out if it's going to be able to replicate? Are we trying to give it something easy? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it can do like specific artists or, uh, lyrics or like the human voice necessarily. Maybe it can, like we could, we could type in whatever, 400 accordions playing death metal. I mean, oh. you know, the sky's the limit here. Well, yeah, we can start with something simple, maybe a, a baseline. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like funky funky bass i mean something basic right funk bass with fast drum machine i'm typing this in now and saxophone let's say bluesy saxophone let's see what it does here all right well here is funk bass with fast drum machine and bluesy saxophone here's what uh all right the artificial intelligence program thought that would sound I'm excited like. this is putting me back on that hamburger commercial yeah that's uh kind of it did the things i said terrifying. uh is like free jazz or something um yeah that was unsettling it's like the it was very specific you know yeah, it's like the idea of music so if you, let's say that we waited 20 minutes, right, and you put that same suggestion in again, it would give you a completely different output, right? Uh, we'll try that out. So it can't do vocals? Uh, I don't know. Oh, that's scary. There's, uh, 
Yeah, you want to mess around with that? Let's say Paul. You want to see if it can sing in the style of somebody in particular? Let's say Paul Anka singing indie, indie folk. Man, I'm curious to see what that sounds like. It just plays Having My Baby, it's just like straight up from Apple. You think there are people out there right now that are just like making samples from this stuff? Probably, right? Oh, I gotta, yeah. And then you don't have to pay anybody, you know, if, if a computer generated it. Is that true, though? Like, would you have to pay royalty to this software? Uh, I don't know. It seems pretty uh, open source to me. Mm. It's just a demo. Yeah. I mean, how would anybody trace <laughs> right. that back, too? Right. That's fascinating. It's uh, it's a thing. And I I mean, if this is just where it's at now. It's going to get better. Like, you can, it's, it's not and it, terrible. And if it didn't exist a year ago, yeah. It's really not terrible right now. All right, so we're going to listen to two more here. We've been kind of all over the place, but we want to hear another uh, edition of the Funk Bass with Fast Drum Machine and Bluesy Saxophone, see if it's any better, see if it learned from the previous trial. Okay. Uh, And then uh, we'll finish things off with Paul Anka singing indie folk uh, with acoustic guitar. Right. All right, but here's some Funk Bass. It's already better. It's a little more musical, yeah. Yeah, it's learning. It has drums down pretty well. I wonder why that is. Yeah, those are pretty tight, kind of like square pusher style. <laughs> Maybe it's just the band Square Pusher just making all of this in real time. Oh, yeah, just Tom Jenkinson in the back, just like, oh, I'll try Staying to figure something for out, days out for this. <laughs> wait five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's a curious thing going on here. It's learning and, and growing all the time. Uh, let's see how it does Paul Anka uh, doing a Bonnie Vera style folk uh, song here. I don't think it can do vocalists yet. Something going on there with the guitar. Sounds like uh, Led Zeppelin 3. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that wasn't bad. No. You could do something with that. Yeah, let's sample it. Well, all right. So that's the first thing there is I just, I had to get that on record. I was out of my depth. I mean, both instances, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I was definitely talking out of school on that last episode. Uh, it's th- Things are, are growing and evolving. It's, uh, it's only going to get more intense from here. The other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to have... A SpongeBob SquarePants vocal competition. I want to know who is the best singer in Bikini Bottom. With this, of course, I'm alluding to these uh, AI voice covers uh, that are all the rage on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I think we checked out a few last time. I have heard Patrick doing like Quiet Storm type music, <laughs> which uh, is is fun. You're on to this one already. Yeah. Okay, Patrick is great. Uh, I don't think he's the best, though. I, I have my own opinions. But for those who aren't in the know, if you Google your favorite SpongeBob character and a popular song, chances are somebody has seen what that combination would sound like. Uh, it's it's all over the internet. Sometimes it's not that great. Sometimes it's pretty great. Uh, so I would like you to join me, uh, Matt Longo, as we decide who is the best singer in Bikini Bottom. Okay. And the winner gets a Krabby Patty. Great. So first up, we do, of course, have SpongeBob himself. 
Right. Also, did you grow up watching SpongeBob, no. or you were were you already like in college when it was on? Yeah, no, I was thirty eight years old. No, I I never uh, I never really watched it. No. Oh man, that was my jam back in the day. It's an all timer show for sure. But I want to check out SpongeBob doing uh, Billy Joel's Piano Man. I don't know how we haven't listened to that song on this show already. <laughs> I think we have, though. At some point, we, we must have. I think we just... Talk about it? Yeah, okay. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday shuffles in There's an old man sitting next to me Making love to his tonic and gin That's not bad, you know He's got the inflection and the accent of Billy Joel That's uh, fine. That's pretty jamming. He does it, yeah. What, yeah, while we're on the topic, what is what is Billy Joel's accent here? Like, it's like Broadway. Broadway with a little mix of Lead Long showman, Island. like, Broadway man. Like, it's a little Long Island, a little Broadway show tuny, and little Beatles, and like, that's what com- comes out. And also it sounds like uh, like a New England accent for some reason also mixed in there. Not sure. Not sure about that, but it is, yeah, it is an odd combination. I think with SpongeBob, I would argue it almost sounds a little more natural. Like it, it sounds more his character to sing with that inflection than mm. uh, Mr. BJ. <laughs> but we're, we're going to move on. That was, that was first round. That was our first contestant. Next we have Squidward. We're all a little like Squidward inside, aren't we? Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Squidward sings uh, "Hooked on a Feeling." Oh, that that should be interesting. That's an intense song. I guess the version that's famous from like uh, Guardians of the Galaxies by Blue Suede, they do like a cover of a cover. Like it had the song had already been performed a few times, and the Uga Chaka was like that part was already introduced on an earlier version. But okay, this is what charted here. How do you feel about the, I mean, we're all about to hear it in a second, but the Uga Chaka introduction. It's completely insane. But obviously it's, you know, it's memorable. Yeah, it's a very memorable part. But no, it, I don't think it makes sense with the song at all. It always takes me out whenever it comes around. Uga Chaka, Uga, Uga, Uga Chaka, Uga, Uga, Uga Chaka, Uga, Uga, Uga Chaka, Uga, Uga, Uga I can't stop this feeling. Deep inside of me Girl, you just don't realize What you do to me When you hold me In your arms so tight You let me know Everything's alright
It's tasty, it's a man of mine Girls, you got me thirsty For another cup of wine Got a butt from you, girl <laughs> But I don't need no cure I just stay It's like Froggy in a good way If I can for sure All the good love when we're all alone, so you get the idea there. So SpongeBob's still pulling ahead, you would say? Uh, I think those are comparable. I don't know. All right. Well, let's see if uh, this third entry takes things up a notch at all. Up next, we have, of course, Eugene Krabs. You can call him Mr. Krabs. <laughs> singing a song from a very famous artist. Um, we've heard covers or like alternate renditions of this artist's music before. You know, our previous guest, Amy Lindberger, was talking about mm. how it was easier to hear Weird Al's take on Beat It, sure. you know, his, his song Eat It. You know, it's, you can enjoy that kind of music without, you know, taking on the baggage that an artist like Michael Jackson, you know, that his, uh, his legacy carries at this point. So for me, another way to sidestep that is, is listen to Mr. Krabs sing Michael Jackson. I think this is, I would rather hear this version of Billie Jean than the original at this point. Wow, okay. And for me, this is no contest. I think he would, he's going to win, but I'll be curious to get your thoughts. Sure. Yeah, I don't even know what this character's voice sounds like, so. Ah, man. Sorry. You better raise your baby right. Have her watch plenty of SpongeBob, <laughs> seasons one through three. Why, what happens after season three? Yeah, it's just the writing falls wow. off. Wow, okay. Kind of like Pretty Simpsons, tight. but. Window. Those first. Oh, yeah, those first three seasons. Mm. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie scene. I said, don't mind, but what do you mean? I am the one that could dance on the floor in the round. She said, I am the one. Does that sound like the character? Yeah, it does. It sounds like Clancy Brown giving it his all. You also don't know what Mr. Krabs sounds like, so... No. Somebody else out there is getting a lot more excited than yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. This is the wrong audience for this yeah. experiment. That's what we get for doing it live. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, who for your money, who, who would you uh, vote in as... Uh... Probably the Squidward one. I mean, I, I know... Mm. You know, I do know what Squidward's voice sounds like. 
uh, I feel like that froggy tone was right for that song. I think it was just a good pairing of sound quality, vocal quality, and, and the song. I think AI was having a little bit of a hard time, like keeping... Holding the notes. Keeping the effect of that voice, but... Or maybe there's just more SpongeBob voice out there, so that one's going to be more... Because there's more that computers have to work with. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, no, not, not I do know do. that the more vocal, the, the more recordings of somebody's voice that's out there, the, the stronger the AI seems to, to be with it. Yeah, no, there's a direct correlation there. But all right, you say Squidward, I say Mr. Krabs. We can just call the whole thing off. That That's all I got. Just I wanted to, to check in again with the folks on uh, what's going on in the wonderful world of computing. Maybe maybe I'll I'll do an update a year from now. Can we call that uh, Thomas's AI corner? <laughs> yeah, this is the AI corner. But hey, what did we what did we learn this week? I think we learned a lot today. Actually, uh, we got to sift through some of the quote unquote worst songs of a bygone era, and uh, found out that there's some real potent magic there. Oh, they're especially. F- funky yeah there's, a little, there, there's some stank on some of those some stank uh and i do plan on listening to a number of those songs again like i gotta hear that timothy song again yeah that that one is merits some revisiting uh i learned that uh, you missed out on spongebob and my my heart goes out that's the learning all right yeah a little mm-hmm. bit of a bummer there but uh, hey, listener, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, you can go ahead and leave us a rating or a review on your platform of choice. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. You can follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. And uh, I said Eugene Krabs, best singer in Bikini Bottom, might even beat out MJ at this point. And I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. What was that supposed to be? I don't know. It's getting fucking hot in here. We're heavy coat. There's no AC. <laughs> nobody's nobody's demanding that you wear the coat. I have to wear That's the coat. Construct. Uh, okay. Anyway, I'll say so long, suckers. We'll see you next week, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this experience of really bizarre music that we made you listen to today. <laughs> this was wacko. <laughs> this is a weird one. Yeah. See you soon. I have a-